0: Welcome back, Odecadorics. We're the 12-Sided Guys. We have Matt as Pine the True. Hi. Scott as Roos the Courageous. That's me. Jordan as Ebby the Compassionate. Salutations? Sabrina as Nari the Eloquent. Hey there. And me, Paul, the Incredibly Fortunate. We're glad you've come along with us this far. More than likely, this will be the last episode of Chapter 6. 83 canonical episodes. Crazy. This has been the longest campaign I've ever played, and it's not over yet. If you want to support what we're doing, there are a couple of ways to do that. You can become a patron for some bonus content. You can leave a five-star rating and a glowing review, and you can tell your friends about us. Did you notice I said and? That means you can do all of those things. Or none of them. Or all of them. Anyway, all of them. <laughs> if you ever ran afoul of the old save your game anywhere mechanic that some video games used only to repeatedly get hit by a fireball and fall into lava every time you try to load that save, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 83. You lagoon, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you did it or not. <laughs> that was oh, totally that was, my save file. I know it was your save game. It was so frustrating. You were jumping over a lava pit, and there's a fireball like an inch from you, and you saved it. And then every time you try to load the game, the fireball would hit you, and you'd fall in the lava and die. Yeah, oh. it was in the air, so I couldn't change my trajectory or anything. Yes, yeah. oh, never wow. save your game while jumping. Anyway, welcome back. To Pavantis, deep in the bowels of an ancient imperial facility built over the top of an ancient Alelian facility. One. <laughs> There's Alelians
1: at- in this thing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are we in a spaceship? <laughs> do, 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 do. man. <laughs> anyway, um, last time we were together. Nari and the boys with their ally, Sydney, managed to defeat a failed experiment of the scavengers that, uh, well, it took Ebby out of commission for the whole fight. It knocked Pine unconscious, and it really wreaked some havoc. But thanks to some big hits, some spell slots being used, and just some good play, we ended up taking out the failed experiment and then descending deeper down past the Imperial facility and into the ancient laboratory. As the players went into this ancient arc, as they called it, Ebby started to recognize certain things. He went down to an office that was down at the end of the hall, and he started recognizing some of the you know, the destroyed and old and ancient falling apart furniture, a painting. Neum started to talk to him, and then he went into the room, followed by Nari and the other boys, as well as Sydney, And then Ebby decided, hey, what what better time than now to get naked? Um, And so he (laughs) stripped uh, himself of his equipment and gear. He recognized that something needed to happen. And he went to the control panel in this room that was um, surrounded by cogs and wheels and other machinery. And he began to turn dials and pull levers. And he recognized this machine because he, in fact, had built it himself. He started to have memories flooding back to him, conversations and experiences of his life, of Neum's life. And that is where we are at this moment as Nari and the other boys and Sydney watch Ebby as he stands at this control panel and you can see the energy coming up out of the ground into Ebby and back down into this control panel. We're gonna start with Nari and the other boys. What are you guys doing? Having just seen this crazy thing, your friend gets naked and it's not pine, which is unusual, and <laughs> goes up and starts doing something crazy and it's not pine, which is also unusual. Should we just say it in black and white in case anybody missed it? Ebby is
2: Neum. Yeah. Indeed. Which I had no idea until <laughs> literally Paul <laughs> made it happen.
0: As uh, Abby was walking down the hall towards the office, uh, Jordan texted me. And I didn't read the text before we kept going. But the, the text literally says, and I'm going to read it. So am I, Neum, and Neum is spelled wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so Jordan figured it out. But... What are you guys doing? Pine is getting as close as he can to Ebby.
3: Yeah, Nari was kind of already there. Like, she was following him and being like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Um, so I think she's just kind of watching him and gonna react.
0: Pine will yell out to Ebby and say, this looks dangerous.
2: Um, it, it is, uh, it's definitely dangerous. Uh, try not to get too close because this energy is pretty intense.
0: You can feel the heat, like the heat of um, organic matter, like of... Uh, um... So the heat of my body as I'm sitting here sweating in my office. <laughs> oh,
3: I know the heat of organic matter.
0: <laughs> Wait, okay, yes, It's like this living, breathing energy that's emanating off of ebby You can tell, you guys are about like five feet from him. To get closer would become very uncomfortable. You can hear the, the contraption still spinning, but um, I want... Uh, Perception checks for everybody, but
1: what's Roos doing? Roos is a little upset. Uh, The last words he heard Evie say were a goodbye without really any explanation. And so Roos really doesn't want Evie to be doing what he's doing, but he also trusts him. So he's watching and just waiting to see if there's any way he can help.
3: How does it feel to be the one watching? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Ooh. It's it's new. Roos is not uh, he's not typically the watcher. <laughs> he has a close friendship with Ebi and he doesn't want to intervene in something that's important to him, but he also doesn't want to lose a friend, and it sounded like he's about to lose a friend.
0: Okay. Perception checks all around. Pine rolled a twenty-three.
3: Nari rolled a twenty eight.
0: Roos got a twenty four. As you are watching Ebi, you see that he is becoming a conduit for the energy of the Lord of green and growing things. He is literally taking the energy of life of Pavantis, and he is pulling it out of the ground and putting it into this machine. And you hear the the wheels and cogs start to speed up. You can hear the hum get higher, you can hear these machines starting to kick into overdrive.
2: Ebby, why don't you tell us what you're doing? So Ebby is um, continuing to kind of work feverishly and channel this energy. He's muttering to himself, kind of a a mix of kind of common language and allele. And in the background, Amarok is kind of flying right now um, in the middle of the room and watching Ebi, but also is kind of agitated. So he's looking at Ebby and then zipping off to the side and kind of doing a little loop and then coming back and then looking at Ebi. And Amarok yells out and says, Arun be careful. That energy is, is immense if you're not careful. And Ebby interrupts him and says, but it's not enough. As much as it is, it needs to open even further. We need even more energy if it's going to work.
3: Does he say that out loud? Like, can we all
2: hear that? Uh, that? That's all, I think, out loud and able to be heard. And um, with that, Ebby says, ah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry for what must be done. And Ebby just fully opens the conduit. The green energy that's flowing up through the floor and through him bursts into a type of green flame. Uh, a wave of heat just kind of shoots off of him as he just fully opens the conduit at this point Amarok is uh, kind of zipping around furiously and you know everybody can hear him as he's like no Arun Shea the price will be too high I want Nari and Pine to both
0: make constitution saves you can add four because you're within 10 feet of me all right, with that four, Nari got a 28. And
3: Pine got a 19. And she's also going to say, like, Ebby, stop, no.
0: And Pine will say, Do you need some of my power as well?
3: Okay, well, wait one-up and be more supportive
0: than me. (laughs) What? I have spell slots. (laughs) So, as you guys are struggling to stay close because the heat is immense, you both make your constitution saves. You are both able to stand there. I rolled a D8 for how much fire damage you were going to take. You both made your saves, so you take half of one, which is zero. You don't take any damage, but you can tell that the heat coming off of Ebby is immense. Is insane.
2: Ebby growls and pushes down harder and the flame gets even greater and you hear him kind of growl out the sleepers must awaken
1: as it starts to reach a white hot level of heat is gonna go and step in there put his hand on his shoulder
3: on his burning shoulder? yep Nice.
1: make a constitution save and he's going to um Probably going to get a lot of damage here, but (laughs) he's going to do um, Ancestral Guidance. And so if there's any skill check that Abby has to make as a part of this, he gets to add a D4 to it.
0: That's awesome. Um, You end up taking, you made your constitution save with a 15 and you end up taking one damage halved to zero as well. My
1: D8s are terrible (laughs) today, guys. I'm so
3: happy to hear that.
1: And Bruce just says, I'm here for you, buddy, but I don't want to lose you.
0: I am going to step away from this ancient facility Uh, at the moment i'm going to kind of describe a little bit about what's going on as far as awakening the ormex awakening these sleeping um, constructs that have consciousness right Um, we've described it in the past that energy is not uh, enough Otherwise, the Empire would have been able to wake them up with with their techniques. That Something has to flip a switch, but they have to have energy. And what um, I imagine Ebi is doing is attempting to energize all of the Ormex at one time and flip their switches, which if it wasn't clear, it is clear now to flip the switch, to flip that breaker, it takes life energy. It takes some of the energy of the being who flips the switch. As far as what powers an Ormec, the Empire couldn't figure out how to power them without giving them actual energy from a crystal. But the ingenious design of Neum in creating the Ormec bodies the bodies are actually powered by the life force of the person in them. So Ormex have a lifespan. They are not immortal. As their life force powers these bodies, eventually they age and fade and they will eventually die of old age. And to now flip all these breakers, Ebby has to use every ounce of life force that he can muster. I believe it's mustard. (laughs) Abby, as you stand at this console, as you are burning every ounce of life that you can find,
2: including your own, what happens? So Ebi fully succumbs to this flow of energy and essentially it fills up and muscles its way through the crystalline matrix throughout the facility and even throughout a large chunk of Pavantis itself. And the energy from that literally bursts around him. His limbs are literally separated from his body. His form goes flying back into the middle of the room Um, (laughs) Rus if you were too close to him you may have been slammed and shoved to the side and he hits the ground skidding to a stop smoke and heat emanating from him Amarok is immediately there and draws close and says Aralt Kumosha the service that you have rendered has been good May you rest now amidst all of this that you have accomplished. And Amarok begins to evaporate and fade. But before he goes, he turns and looks to the group and says, you have done admirably in supporting the herald of nature. May his life force go with you on into the future. And Amarok eventually evaporates out into nothingness. I don't like any of this.
3: No, 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 Nari is going to run up and she is going to try to cast Lady Barbiel's gift, which basically just, if they have zero hit points, they become stable.
2: Before you do that, Sabrina, I'd like to do this telepathic message that gets sent out.
3: No! Is
2: that okay with you, Paul? No. Yeah. This message comes clear into your mind it's kind of like the final parting burst of energy that, uh, that Abby was able to channel into this message awake, cast aside your fears, Arun Shayanti. It is time for those that have slumbered to arise and for the keepers of Pavantus to take up their mantles and fulfill their duties and their oaths. Many of you have been used as deacons by Imperial usurpers and tyrants for you I am sorry to introduce you to such a harsh world. Know that you are not alone. There are those of our kind that have been awake for many years and have established a new kilava where we can be safe from bondage and forced servitude. I have imparted my knowledge of the location of this new home in your mind. Make your way there, as soon as you safely can. Be wary of others, stick to the mountains and forests, where the kinder aspects of Moshe and the other lords and ladies can protect and watch over you. For those few that have already been awakened, thank you for all that you have done, and all that you will yet do. You have dwelt in secret, this has been for your protection, but times have grown dire, and the whole of Pavantus stands in need. This may require sacrifice, even of your very lives. You once gave your body to the protecting of Pavantus, enshrining your soul into these Ormex, and now that solemn oath and sacrifice may find its culmination and completion as you fight against those forces that would destroy the world as we know it. To those that have long since been awake and to those that are awakening now, the eleventh hour is upon us. Inevitability approaches, and the doom of all comes with it. I cannot tell you what choices you will have to take, or when and how this will occur. I implore you all to stand with Pavantis and all of Doman the good of this world and all other worlds beyond our comprehension, stand and fight with all other free peoples and creatures of Pavantis. To Hermine, I am sorry. I'm sorry that I shall never see you again, not in this life. I'm sorry that my ability to love was stunted by this metal abomination of a body. I would have adored you, to be with you, to have a normal life with you. You gave me a sense of hope and belonging after all that I've lost a sense of belonging that I didn't know I needed, and you made me a better person for it. I'm so sorry that I have left you with such a heavy burden. You are strong, you are wise, you are good, and you are equal to the tasks ahead of you. Remember that your strength will come from those you serve and protect, and I shall always be with you whether in this world or the next. To my friends, we are bound together. A bond forged through the tribulations we have endured. A bond stronger than steel, stronger than blood. Do not give in to despair. Our work is not yet accomplished. And now it lays in your hands, we must see it accomplished. The world faces a great peril. The strength of you three, my friends, my brothers, and my sister, will be the bright blade that cuts through the gloom of uncertainty and fear. To fight alongside you, has been my greatest honor, and I shall cherish it always. May the life and power of this world flow through you all. I love you all. I am proud of you, and I am sorry.
3: No, 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 no. Nari is gonna keep trying to cast this spell.
1: Damn you, Abby.
0: As you are leaning over Ebby's smoking damaged body, um, we are going to again step away. No! After hearing that, though, Pine will stand with his head down and do the Menneries salute. Okay. We are going to step away and up and up and up and up into the sky, looking down upon Pavantus as... We look down on this area around the city of Kelta. You can kind of see Kelta a little off to the east. You can see the mountains straight down where this facility is. You can see forests to the south and off to the east. Um, And even a little bit to the north, you can see over the tops of the mountains to the forests and the lands of Doleen. And up and up and up it goes suddenly from the point of this facility as Ebi drew the power from Lord Moshe himself, we see these huge mile thick long lines of what can only be described as desolation. As Ebi sucked the energy, the very natural energy out of Pavantis to waken all of these Ormex, it had to come from somewhere. And these lines, these ley lines of energy that branch off north, south, east, and west, and then again on a 45 degree angle to the northwest, the southwest, the northeast, and the southeast, these lines stretch straight as an arrow all the way across Pavantis. And from this point at this facility, in all eight of those directions, a mile wide Line of destruction where nothing is growing. Grass has blackened. Trees crumble and turn to dust. And again, the party has managed to change the face of Bavantis for the better. <laughs> it's not as bad as the shattering, I'll tell you that much. Oh, um, but the energy had to come from somewhere.
3: That does look awfully close to Tabury but that's not my concern right now.
0: I mean looking at the map there's a there's a city up in the far north that we'll probably never go to that is right on that line.
3: That sounds like not our problem.
0: <laughs> just remember <laughs> <laughs> just remember that these um, lines are a mile wide and so they're not to scale on the map that I just showed you. We join back down uh, in this ancient facility Nari. Roos, Pine, and Sydney looking over the body of their downed companion. As Nari is casting a spell, Pine is saluting one of his oldest friends. Roos, I
1: imagine... I imagine Roos is kind of at a loss. Roos has sat down and he's he's quietly crying. As you are
0: sitting around Ebby's body, you begin to feel a rumble, a shaking, and it grows. It's not like the earth is shaking, it's almost like something is moving underneath you. I don't know how to describe this correctly, because it's not a voice you hear, but you know deep in the pit of your soul that somebody is angry and the message that is conveyed to you is oh, I want to make sure it sounds cool but I didn't write it out Make it a limerick <laughs> Guaranteed coolness <laughs> instantly. <Yes>, <laughs> you know instinctively that this force is Lord Moshe and he is angry and he is hurt and he is weakened the message that you feel is I will not lose my avatar and the feeling that comes up from the floor into the room is of Moshe using the power left to him because Ebby siphoned off a vast amount of Moshe's power and Moshe's energy that is left bursts up through the floor and in a tangle of roots and vines closes over Ebby's form. And now I'm gonna
2: hand it off to Jordan. This gigantic root ball, which is almost like coiling serpents of bark, Uh, wrap around Ebby and raise his his torso up off the ground and then this burst of green energy emanates as trunk-like legs erupt from the torso long lumbering arms that are covered in bark with these jagged points sticking off to the side wrapping around Ebby's head comes this very wolf-like lupine bark-clad head with these green flames erupting all over the body, almost like rippling hairs of fire.
0: Come on! (laughs)
2: Oh no!
0: As soon as we see the vine start to come up to the ground and go after Ebi's body, Pine would have drawn his sword and tried to cut them back. Every time you cut a vine, two new ones form in its place. Standing in front of you is an aspect of Lord Moshe and yet still in that form they can still see some of Ebby in this can't they?
2: Yeah there is the green glow that emanates a little bit from some of the creases within the bark for this creature they have the same emerald deep green glow that Ebby's eyes had while he was awake And even a part of his torso in the chest and underbelly of this monstrosity, this like lumbering treant werewolf thing, you can even see Ebby's chest plate with the etching 381 visible despite all of the growth and green flames that are erupting around it.
3: At least it's not a spider, I guess.
2: (laughs) Oh, did did, did he not mention it has eight
3: legs?
0: (laughs) This ebby beast lets out a yell, a scream, a growl, um, a shriek, and we are going to roll initiative.
1: Oh <laughs> Now we have to fight the Ebbeast. The Ebbeast. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Bruce got a 10 initiative.
3: I got an 18.
1: Pine got a 23.
2: And the Avatar Beast of Lord Moshe got a an eight. Okay,
0: everybody's got their initiative in, and it is now combat deep here in this ancient facility, this sanctuary. Technically, this part is the sanctuary, and then the part over to the east, that room full of, well, You haven't been down there, but that was full of Ormex at one point, Uh, the Ark. But we have the Ebbeast, and we have Nari and the other boys, as well as Sydney. And it is Pine's turn, and guess what? I get to pretty much just sit back. (laughs) Are we fighting Jordan? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Okay. Um, And based on everything that's happened so far pretty sure that this new entity is antagonistic. Why don't you make an insight check? Well, I'm so great at those. That's a 12. I mean, it seems aggressive. What Pine is going to try to do, actually, is cut pieces of Ebby's body free, and he'll he'll yell out No, you can't have him!
2: And he will approach and start taking some strikes. Jordan, what happens when he approaches? You immediately start to feel the heat emanating off of this creature. And um, if you are within five feet and or move through like a five-foot range around it or end your turn in it, then you are subject to uh, 1d10 fire damage. Is there a save? Um. What fun, guys. What
0: fun.
3: There's nothing I enjoy better than trying to save my best friend.
0: Oh, you said best friend. How does that make Bruce feel? (laughs) A little
2: jealous. (laughs) Any creature that moves within five feet of you for the first time on a turn or ends its turn there takes 1d10 fire damage. Doesn't look like there's any save. So if if I come in to attack you... I take damage when I enter and
0: damage at the end of my turn.
2: I think it's just once. Whether you, If you move through it or end your turn, I think it's, it's just the one time. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I already did that, so
2: go ahead and roll your damage. <laughs> All right. So that's two fire damage. Not too bad. Yeah, I can take two. Although I'm
0: now regretting the fact that I healed Ebby.
3: <laughs> oh no, it burns!
0: <laughs> my first attack was a natural one. So I'll roll my second attack. This is only a 16. Does that hit? Uh, A 16 does not hit. I don't think Pine's heart's necessarily in this. I think he's torn. So that's Pine's turn. All right. Uh, Brings us now to Nari's turn.
3: Oh, heck. So Pine didn't hit at all?
0: Nope. No. Okay. Heck. But you did hear Pine yell out, you can't have him.
3: I know, but I was planning on gauging the reaction to gauge what I did. Um, I think I think Nari is gonna follow Pine's lead. He seems pretty wise, so she is going to do the same thing where she tries to cut away like these vines and just really try to save Ebby for a twenty-seven to hit.
2: A twenty-seven will hit. Oh my god, you've got to be
3: Nari right. um, for ten
2: damage. Okay.
3: And then she's going to go in again at the vines and try to get that. And 17 to hit?
2: A 17 to hit will not hit.
3: Okay. Uh, So that would actually be a 22.
2: Oh, okay. Is that like a superiority dice? Yes. Sorry. Okay, cool. So a 22 will hit.
3: 22 for nine damage. And she is going to use her axe of the adjudicator and try to make
2: this creature grovel. Got it. And what's the save on that?
3: Uh, I think it's just a DC... 13? Yeah. Wisdom.
2: Okay. Got a 14. Heck. You almost failed that, though. I almost failed it, even (laughs) though this guy has a plus 10 on wisdom saving throws.
3: Heck. Hey,
0: this is chapter ending boss fight, guys.
3: It's something. Friendship ending. (laughs) <laughs> oh. Oh.
2: <laughs> no, oh, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this. Um, Nari, you take five fire damage from Investiture, and oh then no, it
3: burns.
2: And then, as a legendary action, Ebby is going to make an attack action uh, against you.
3: Okay, don't call him Ebby. He's not Ebby. Ebby would never do that the, to me. That's
2: that is very true. The ebb Beast. The ebb Beast. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, the Ebb Beast will make an attack action against you. And just to to let you guys kind of know a little bit about, you know, what I'm what went into building this. Uh, it's a combination of Ebby and like a train stat block with the investiture of flame kind of thing. His attacks when made with strength are done with advantage, and he has a plus ten on his attack roll. At oh
3: 25 to hit.
2: Alright. And he will do. 46 plus four or plus six bludgeoning damage. So 12 plus six, so 18 damage.
3: I did not enjoy that, my friend. Oh,
0: All right. Well, Roos, it is your turn. You see Nari chipping away. Um, what are you gonna do, Roos? It's your turn.
1: Oh man, I'm really conflicted here. Roos <sighs> is gonna step forward and say, I don't know if you're in there or not, but this will not be my last memory of you. And I will start to leave the room.
3: We're all conflicted, Roost. You can't just <laughs> off. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Jeez>. yeah,
0: <quit laughs> him off over there.
1: Oh, ah, ah, ah. oh gosh.
0: Are you going to do any bonus actions or anything?
1: I I can't, I can't fight Abby. I, I can't, I can't do it. <sighs>
2: Uh, That's the end of Roos' turn. Is there any legendary actions that Ebbeast wants to do? Um, No, I think the Ebbeast will not do a legendary action on that.
0: Well, um, it is now the Ebbeast's turn. Uh, There is Nari on one side, Pine on the other. Sydney is down kind of at the south end of the room. Uh, Rifle in hand, like uh, a look of shock on her face. Like she still is very confused about what's going on. And she sees Roos start to walk out the door. What is the Ebbeast going to do?
2: The ebbeast sees Roos leaving and kind of utters this deep growling roar and will uh, shoot fire in a line through Nari and at Roos. Um, it's a DC 18 deck save. Roos got a 21 on his deck save. All right. And what did, did Nari roll yet?
3: I'm so upset. Sorry. I got an 18.
2: They both saved, yeah, awesome. Yeah, you both saved. So you'll take half of the 19 damage that was rolled, so you'll take uh, nine damage.
3: This is what happens when you leave us, Roos.
2: I, yeah, I don't know what to say. I can't do it. Yeah, I think that's it. That's all he can do for his for his action for this round. Yeah,
3: no worry, says the Ebby. He's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Just like, chill. <laughs> Don't even try to hit me. Chomp,
2: chomp, chomp. Yeah. (laughs) Bite,
0: bite, bite. No, no, no. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Yes, yes, yes. If anyone can tell me what that's from. (laughs) I had to play that for my son after a party where he got a little too excited and started fighting his (laughs) friends. That's the coolest thing I've heard. It is now... uh, onto uh, the only character that I get to control, it is Sydney's turn. And she is going to move towards the exit with Roos, but she's got her rifle up and she's going to take two shots at the Ebbeast. Um, and she gets, looks like her highest rolls is a 16. Is that going to hit? No, that won't hit. Okay, two shots go wide. Yeah, she calls out to Roos. She says, what's going on? What what happened? And we're back up to the top of the initiative with Pine. Uh, I think I've got a layer action, don't I? It's on 20. Yeah, Pine goes at 23. So you go. So your layer action goes at 20. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. To the east, there is a door called the Ark that is still closed, right? Technically, it's open. I didn't make that map because it's really just, I mean, you can see into it a little ways. It looks like a very vast open room held, you know, the ceiling's held up with pillars and things. You can see um, these tables with like glass domes over them. But the glass domes are all open, and the tables, the you know the the gurneys or whatever, they are all empty. Oh, there's no. Okay. Pine will yell out to Roos and say, "This creature is not Ebby. This creature has Ebby. And he'll strike two more times. First attack is only a sixteen. Second attack is only a ten. Oh no.
2: And that's. Um, Pine's turn. All right, and Pine, you take seven fire damage. Okay. Nari, it's your turn. Oh yeah, layer action. Yeah. So with no. the layer, <laughs> with the layer <laughs> action, you see the beast here stomp its right foot down, and it shakes the whole cavern. But erupting from the floor all around the entryway are massive vines in a 20-foot radius, kind of in front of Roos blocking his exit. Oh, really quick, just for anybody who was
0: saying, uh, Matt, you're an idiot, don't you remember that you have resistance to fire damage? Um, I just remembered I have resistance to fire
2: damage.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean,
2: yeah, if you want to have all that, if that's cool with you, Paul. Go for it. Yeah, what does that circle do? Yeah, so with Grasping Roots, these vines erupt in a 20-foot radius, Um, that area becomes difficult terrain and each creature there needs to succeed on a DC 15 strength saving throw or be restrained. Do they do that now or do they do that uh, on their turn? I think they do that now.
3: Wait, is this inside the circle or when we cross it?
0: This whole circle, you're in it. You're in it, yeah. Uh, Sydney rolled an 18, which makes her strength save a 19 and she saves.
1: What was the DC? DC 15. Okay, uh, Roos rolled a 15. Yeah.
3: Nice. Uh, Nari rolled a
1: 22. Oh, so ain't no thing.
2: You guys aren't restrained, but it is difficult terrain. Nari, it is your turn. As um,
0: you see um, Pine swiping at this beast, I imagine, Nari, you can kind of see Pine and I think you've never seen Pine look so old. Fair. Your turn, Nari.
3: Nari is going to yield to Sydney. And she's just going to say, don't you dare leave. You owe him this. Help him. And then she is going to swing her axe for a friggin' heckin' (laughs) nat 20, girls and boys. Did you like the way I didn't (laughs) swear at that? Nice. For a nat 20, 14 damage. That wasn't very much. (laughs) And then a 19 to hit.
2: Uh, 19 won't hit. What? Heck. Just barely.
3: Wait, um, so I am going to use my uh, superiority dice to try to hit with that one. Um, so that will be a 23.
2: Yeah, that'll hit.
3: All right. Nice. Um, so I am going to hit for nine. Okay. And then I am going to use my action surge and just go again. Uh, trying to get these vines away from Ebby for an 18 to hit.
2: An 18 will not hit.
3: Oh my goodness. 21 to hit?
2: 21 will hit.
3: Nice. Okay. And that's for 16 damage.
2: Ooh, that was a good hit.
3: And honestly, at that point, Nari is also going to still use her axe again and just be like, gravel, home skillet.
2: <laughs> I love it. What was the DC on that again?
3: It was only 13, which you have, but yeah, nah, you're fine.
2: So <laughs> yeah, the, the beast got a 21 on his wisdom save. Heck. Um, with that, he's actually going to use a legendary action and we will actually use two legendary actions. Those reset at the beginning of the round, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. He'll, he'll burn two of his legendary actions and shoot another spout of fire towards nari and roos so that's
1: a um dc 18 dex save roos rolled a 17 but he's going to use his ring of evasion to turn that to a success
3: uh nari rolled a four and he is just going to roll with it because <laughs> i don't think there's
2: anything <laughs> i can do at this point <laughs> nice so it's 24 damage and uh, don't forget nari you have stones endurance
0: too
3: that. I was actually just thinking about that. I think I am going to use Stones Endurance just to kind of try to uh, mitigate that.
0: It's weird watching this and not being the bad guy and being like, oh, now I can actually like say things to the players <laughs> instead of just trying to kill them. And at this point, you're basically a PC with Sydney.
3: <laughs> basically. So I did save myself 13 points. So I'm gonna take um, 11 damage.
1: All right, Roos, that is your turn. All right. Bruce will look past the Ebeast to Mr. Pine and say, I still can't help but see our friend in there. I won't leave you, but I still will not strike him. And I will cast Refracted Visage, and Bruce will say, Squire, let's make it tough for him to hit me. And Bruce will stand right next to Ebby. He'll walk to the north side so that he's not lined up with Nari anymore and he'll just hold his hand out so it'll look like there's four rooses standing just north of the ebb beast and all four of them are going to try and hug the beast oh does it work is he our pet now <laughs> and then bonus action i'm going to have uh, gg heal me just a little bit. <laughs> And it was just a little. It was four. <laughs> nice. All right. Are you guys? You're you're hugging
0: the Ed beast like, not trying to restrain. You're just hugging like out of love. Yep.
2: That is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I don't know if you caught it. Um, did I did I give you your investiture of flame damage? Yeah. Yep. I got nine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. Ed beast. Yeah. Back to the Ed beast. Um Ebbeast has a couple of attacks that he's going to make, and I will roll um, a six-sided dice to determine which of you three those are going to be at. So a one and two will be Nari, three, four, Roos, five, six will be Pine. So a one, so Nari for the first attack.
3: Classic.
1: Next attack will be Pine. Okay. There's four of me. You could have rolled a six set of dice and had one Nari and six Pine, and it still would have been. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: so funny. So the first attack coming to uh, to you, Nari, is a twenty-seven to hit.
3: Yep, that hits. Love that.
2: And that will be seventeen damage. Ouch. And then at Pine, it'll be a twenty-six to hit. Definitely hits, eighteen damage. Okay, how's Nari looking?
3: You know she's been better.
1: <laughs>
3: okay. Like if one were to say they had a hundred hit points, she would be at about twenty. <laughs> oh my <Shoot>. gosh! <laughs> okay. okay.
0: Oh my gosh! Real quick, hey, uh, before we move on, I'm going to send Jordan a message. Hold on for a second.
1: Yeah, yeah. Illusion. <laughs> Why are you holding back, bro? <laughs> Looking for a TPK here. I'm sorry, I can't help. I, I just, I don't know.
3: I have some things to say to you, Roos.
1: <laughs> I'm at least trying to become a distraction. It is now Sydney's turn. Um,
0: she's not sure whether she's more afraid of the e-beast or of Nari saying, you better not leave him, you owe him. And uh, she steals herself. She actually uses her bonus action to... Um, a lot of crystal and crack it and suddenly as you look at her, her body has kind of blurred a little bit, um, making her harder to hit. So if the Ed Beast decides to attack her, um, it will be with disadvantage, which will then make it a normal hit instead of the advantage that he has been using. And she is going to take two more shots. Actually, see, here's the deal. Let me clean on a little uh, background information about Sydney. She has the illusionist stat block. And there's not a lot that illusionists can do in this kind of situation besides um, bang, bang. Here we go. Two shots. Does a 15 hit? A 15 does not hit. Okay. So I'm guessing the eight won't hit either. All right. Two more shots go crazy. I think we've established that the AC is 20. Yes. All right. And that is the end of the round. Before we get to Pine at the top of the round with his 23 initiative, Ebeast. why don't you make a Wisdom saving throw? Yes. So the Ebbeast rolled a 22. Jordan, you know what that means. So I will step back and let you control this aspect of uh,
2: of the Ebeast. Okay. So this, this giant kind of lumbering hulk of twisted roots and fire um, all of a sudden stops kind of thrashing about to the right and to the left at Nari and at Pine and kind of stands up rigid for a moment. And in this deep, guttural voice, you hear, Run! Run now! Pine, it's your turn.
3: Seems pretty clear to me, my friends. <laughs> did it sound
0: threatening, or did it sound like a warning? Make an insight check. I am historically great at these, and I continue it with an 11. It was a voice that... Um, I imagine it sounded a little bit like Ebby, but also not like Ebby at all. Okay, well uh, that doesn't change what I was going to do this round anyway. Pine is going to circle around the Ebbyst over next to Nari. Uh, I go into the the difficult terrain. Make a strength save. Oh, I have make a strength save by
2: entering it. Yeah. Oh, this is this a layer action? Yeah, it's a layer action. It says that it, it disappears at at initiative 20. Okay. But it would still halt your progress if you do get bound up in it. I think it's just difficult terrain is kind of what I oh, think okay. it, I think it would be at least moving through it. Okay. So then I will I have
0: enough movement with difficult terrain to get to Nari and I'm going to say Nari, I'm sorry this is all I have to give and I'm going to give my last 5 points of commander's morale to Nari.
3: Thank you, friend.
0: And that was my action and my movement, and I really don't have anything I can do for a bonus action, so that's my turn.
3: Field Marshal, sir, we ask your
0: aid. I'm out of <laughs> second-level spells. Oh no! And I'm saving my third-level spell in case I absolutely need it. Okay. Well, then we reach initiative twenty, and the layer action, uh, the circle of graspingness disappears. Oh wait, I need I need my investigator flame. Oh, oh, yeah. Give it to me, Daddy.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh man, you asked for that what one. F-
2: <laughs> 10 player damage. I never rolled this well when I was just a normal PC. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's five. I take the five damage because I'm resistant. Nice.
0: Okay. Okay. Nari, your turn.
3: All right. Nari is going to glance at Pine and say, I think Ebby is telling us to get out of here. Um, and then she is going to book it.
0: Sorry, was there supposed to be another layer action at, at 20?
2: Um, yeah, I would do this. The roots that comprise his body kind of get sucked down into the dirt and in the floor and he disappears and then immediately reappears, um, dropping from the ceiling over here. So he moved from the center of the room
0: down to the, to the uh, southeast corner of the room. Yes. I got a question. Can I have everybody make perception checks besides Ebby? Yes, you can. Pine rolled a 17. Roos got a 28.
3: Nari rolled a 23.
0: Jordan, remember you said that when he stood up and spoke, does he still look like he's standing up straight or has he turned back
2: more to the beast form? I'm going to say that he is not fully down because it's like when when he is in his beast form it's like his his arms are almost like dragging knuckles on the ground um so he is beginning to hunch back over but he's not back in his previous like on the attack mode if you will okay you all noticed that with your
0: good perception checks okay um nari what are you gonna do
3: I I think I'm still gonna like do the same thing I'm gonna touch higher on the shoulder and say I think I think it's Abby and he told us to get out of here and then she is going to take a few steps back not completely out of like the range but um, just enough that she's like in the hallway um, and she's going to shout towards what is the foxyard. I just keep thinking of her as hot, foxy baby. Sydney, dude. right? Um, <laughs>
0: da-dun, 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 da-dun.
3: Foxy. You know, shout towards like Sydney and say like, I I think it's time for us to get out of here. Remember that time when I told you don't be a.
0: <laughs> well, let's let's out of here. I mean, <laughs> I don't want you to be a <laughs> like we're still here,
3: like we can still do things, but like. Uh...
0: All right, very good. All right, so is that Nari's turn?
3: Yeah, I think for this moment, that's her turn.
1: Let's move on to Roos. Roos doesn't want Sydney to get hurt, so he's going to move and stand next to Mr. Pine. With his bonus action, he's going to throw GG over to Mr. Pine and heal Mr. Pine for four hit points. I know it's not a lot, but hopefully it helps a little bit. It's greatly appreciated. For his action, he's going to cast Sanctuary on Sydney and say, Squire, don't let anyone touch her. And he's going to stand, he's standing not in front of Sydney, but a little closer to Ebby than Sydney is. To hopefully, on the Ebby's next turn, that it wouldn't come for Sydney, it would instead come for Roos.
3: Sorry, right, dude, you don't get to, like, move in on my girl. Like, can you please back off a little bit?
1: This has nothing to do with with that. I just, I can't, I can't let Ebby hurt anyone. Well, what does the Ebby's do? It is, it
2: is your turn, Jordan. All right. Uh, the Ebby's starts to kind of glow this greenish glow underneath some of the rippling fire and you again hear kind of the guttural voice say, run my friends, run. And uh, Ebby will cast his healing wave on himself primarily.
3: Classic Uh, Ebby just touching himself.
2: (laughs) That's what what I do.
1: No one last sexy unicorn before (laughs) Ebby's gone.
3: Ebby is not gone, my friend. (laughs) So
2: funny. So he heals himself for twenty nine hit points, and to Doctor Sydney Roos and Pine, eight healing. This is the first time I've had a big bat heal me. <laughs> yeah. So this this blast of healing energy, you see the roots like squirm and then grow rapidly around kind of healing areas that had been chipped or hacked away by by blades. So um, are you
3: saying that? you touched yourself and there was a big blast of healing.
2: It was, it was, it was wild. It was
0: wonderful. You, you guys hear on the wind, just like, just faintly.
3: Always,
0: oh, I wanna be with
1: you. Very
0: quiet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that oh, is perfect. the beast's turn. And now yes. it is time for Dr. Sydney. Um, feeling extra protected now. She looks at you guys and she says, I, I suggest we follow his advice. And she backs up out of the hallway. Um, she is now further in the hallway than, than Nari is. She does not take a shot. And that brings us back to the top of the initiative. Let's have Ebi make another wisdom
2: save. Okey dokey. Get a bad roll this time. <laughs> uh, 23 this time. OK, Pine. Top of the
0: round with your initiative of 23. What are you going to do? Pine is going to say to uh, Roos, How are we really going to do this? Fight over who gets to sacrifice themselves? <laughs> he's going to put his hand on Roos' shoulder and he's going to attempt to um, basically move with him. So a grapple if Roos would let him and, and then Pine will move half his speed
1: toward the door. Yeah, Russel exit with you. He had he had no intention of, of uh, dying here. He just didn't want to hurt his friend and didn't want to see his other friends get hurt either.
0: So that would be then we can move 15 feet toward the door.
3: Hey, nice to see you guys.
0: That brings us now to Nari's turn, unless there's a legendary action
2: coming their way. No, I think at this point, Ebi is kind of keeping the monster at bay. A little bit with some of those will saves. Okay. And so he's he's fuming over there like this this it's like trying to keep the Hulk back a little bit, as it's just over there like and like, you know, flames are kind of just rippling over it, and yeah. Alright. Um so uh Pine and Roos move back towards the hallway.
0: It looks like for the time being, for this round, Ebby is under control. Under control is the wrong word. Maybe. Maybe restraint. The beast is restrained by Ebby. So at this point, you guys all have a free round to do what you're gonna do. Pine and Roost just moved back. Nari, it's your turn.
3: Um. So Nari is gonna do her best to like, just try to look at the E beast and try to figure out how she can help. Like, I don't know if that's a perception or like insight or what, but like, she's just gonna try to figure out a way to save him from this,
0: insight or investigation, I would say.
3: Okay, I'm gonna do insight, and that is a 21.
0: Uh, with the 21, Jordan, what does she see?
3: Should see everything, buddy.
2: <laughs> well, he did take off all his clothes at the end of the last episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> let's let's say this. On the 21 insight, you recall. The conversation in the upper facility, in the Imperial facility, when Ebby and Dr. Sidney were investigating the remains of the failed experiment. And when Ebby said, you know, if we can recover the crystalline matrix, there might be a way to potentially revive the individual. And you can see that there is a violent green glow coming from underneath the kind of chest plate. Ebby's half plate. <laughs> um, yes, half plate. Hashtag half plate. <laughs> half plate. Um, that is like kind of, you know, encroached on all sides by this bark that's kind of squirming like a live snake almost and growing and shifting and moving. But there is this light kind of glowing from underneath the chest plate.
3: We need that crystal.
2: So then what are you going to do about it?
3: Um, I, th- I mean, I think heck i don't know i think nari is going to shout that she's going to say we need that crystal and she is going to run up to ebby and she is going to try to get that crystal out with her axe even if she's not feeling super great and so that's a 21 to hit that'll hit for 10 damage and then going in again that is a 26 to hit for eleven damage. Okay. And then I am gonna make you roll again a DC thirteen save uh, for the acts of adjudication.
2: Um Paul, if you're cool with it, can I impose disadvantage on my save against this? I'll oh, allow that, yeah, that's cool. You have got the beast raging, but you're in you're in control of it at this point. Uh a little yeah, bit. I'm you're, at least you're, kinda yeah. keeping it at bay. So I'm gonna say that Ebby is kind of almost rendering the help action, if you will and implying or imposing disadvantage on the on the save. Ah, uh, a 15 with disadvantage, so just barely.
3: Yeah, I think that's all Nari can do for this point. But, Debbie we love you.
1: Okay, Ruse, it's your turn. Ugh, the crystal, how tightly attached is it?
0: Oh, it's under the the half plate. It is inside the beast.
3: We've got to do it, Roos, come on.
0: It's not coming without taking
1: the beast down. Like I couldn't like have Gigi go and grab it and like slide a hand, try and- That's up to Jordan, I guess. (laughs) I would say
2: probably not. It's between the fire and everything else. I think it's just way too,
1: it'd be too difficult for Gigi to pull off.
3: Roos, it's us, it's us.
1: Would Roos be able to reach his hand in there? Like even taking
2: damage? Uh, I think you'd probably would have to do enough damage um, to kind of hack away the the bark. And so if Paul's cool with it, maybe I'll say that like, if if you get to the point where you've done half of the Ebbeast's hit points, then we could say that there might be a chance to like use sleight of hand. Okay. And, uh, and try to make that happen. And just remember the Ebbeast did just heal himself for like 29 hit points. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Are you heckin' kidding me? I'm so
1: dead. Bruce is gonna look over at Mr. Pine and say, I'm not leaving without my friend's soul. And he's gonna run back up, pull his dagger out. That does non-lethal, just reminding everybody. (laughs) And take a strike. For uh, 26 to hit.
3: LMAFO, like we can do anything lethal at this point.
1: 26 does hit. This will do 9 Radiant, 11 Precision for 20 damage. Ooh, hitting like a dump truck. Then, oh man, I will come with my offhand for a 22 to hit. Oh yeah, that hits. And then 6 Psychic damage. Then what's the Investiture of Flame that I take there?
2: So, and I forgot to do this also for Nari, Um, so I'll roll it once and... If it's cool with you, Paul, we'll just say that they take whatever this comes out as. Fine by me. Roll low. Uh, six, six fire damage.
1: Okay. And that is Roos' turn.
0: Uh, the Ebbeast. You have been taking damage, Ebbeast, just so you know, so at the end of this round, when you make your wisdom save, it is going to be with disadvantage. Got it. The Beast will be taking more control.
2: Yeah. Huh. So the Ebbeast is. Uh, oh. There's still four Rooses. Yeah, (laughs) perfect. Um, I think Ebby still has enough control that the Ebbeast is just going to hold its action. It's just not going to do anything on this turn. It's just heaving and like breathing heavily and just kind of restrained in the corner for the time being. All right, and now it is Sydney's turn then. She moves forward, sees you guys are attacking again,
0: kind of hears you guys yelling about getting that crystal, getting that crystal in Matrix, and she's going to take two shots to try to help you out. And she she gets a 20. Does a 20 hit? A 20 hits. Oh, here we go. And she deals. Oh my gosh. She (laughs) just dealt maximum damage. 2d10, she rolled two 10s for 20 damage.
3: Boom.
0: Big hit. Fussy
3: babes. Fussy babes.
2: I'll say those those two rounds of ammunition slam one right after the other into the chest area of the beast. And crack his breastplate, and you can see the glow of the crystal coming out from beneath. And you can actually—you have a clear view of his crystalline matrix.
3: Ruth, use your your clever fingers, finger it out of him.
1: <laughs> I am I am oh very God. skilled with my fingers. <laughs> Abby,
0: I need you to make a wisdom saving throw with disadvantage. He
2: rolled a 24
0: with disadvantage
1: <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh <laughs> Whoa.
0: oh my gosh pine you see your friends roos and nari have gone up they have hit this beast again you see the the chest plate has cracked open and you see the glow um of what can only be the crystalline matrix in there what are you doing pine oh pine is running up and he's going to uh go ahead and attempt to grab that <clears throat> Somebody's not <laughs> muted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, oh, that was me, I'm so no, you're sorry. Fine.
0: You're fine. Oh, no, you're not. Own it, <laughs> we, it's all good. Uh, we needed a little bit of levity, jeez. Uh, Pine is going to um, go in and attempt to pull out the Crystalline Matrix. What do I have to do?
2: Um, I don't know, what do you think, Paul? I would say, sleight of hand, what is the Ed Spell DC right now? Um, spell save DC is 17.
0: Okay, slide of hand, difficulty 17. All right, I got to get a 13 or higher. That's a 17. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) Nice.
3: Yes. Okay,
0: Pine will reach in and uh, finding the crystalline matrix, he will pull it free. So I'm just gonna tell you what happens. You pull that free. You have this box with these conduit kind of coming off of it. This is not the first crystalline matrix you've seen um this is definitely the most precious one you've ever held with that jordan you are going to continue controlling the Ebbyst, but ebby has no control over it anymore okay right all right pine what are you doing uh Take i am yeah i mean i'm stowing the crystalline matrix in my bag and that's my turn all right nari you see pine succeed at what you were looking for what are you going to do
3: I mean, honestly, she's gonna grab Pine and try to run away. Like, I don't know, is that difficult terrain?
0: Normally I'd say half, but since you are a Goliath, you can carry um, loads as if you were large. Um, so I think
2: that you should be fine to just pick him up and carry him and move your full speed. That makes perfect sense to me. As a quick heads up though, Pine will have taken three fire damage during that, that process. So one. Cool. Okay.
3: Nari is gonna sling Pine over her shoulder and she is going to run as far as she can over to the exit towards uh, Sydney and um, sorry, Roos, but we got to we got to get this this boy out of here.
0: Pine Pine will yell out, "Look at me everyone, I'm a sack of potatoes." <laughs> 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 All right. Um Roos, what are you doing? It is your turn. You've got this beast in front of you. You see, I imagine you see the beast go from kind of upright, kind of hunching to all of a sudden just bestial, just yeah. dropping down into um, like a lupine type of hunch and the hackles, you know, fur and bark and pine branches and all kinds of things just kind of sticking up, ready to
1: lay into you. Roose is gonna spit on the creature and say, Lord Moshe, this is what you do to your most trusted servants. Curse your name and he will flee.
3: Oh, snap.
1: I'm going to call out um, uh, attack of opportunity on roofs. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, now roll a d20 first. You have to roll lower than six to actually hit me. Oh, okay. So then you would roll an attack against 10 plus my dex save. 14 so one of my one of my mirrored images vanishes nice okay okay and I'm gonna actually move move so I'm like in the hall gotcha Bruce was like come on guys what are you waiting for um
2: the e-beast it is your turn I think what will happen is that as people are leaving rather than try to chase them down it just flees itself and kind of flees into the root structure into the world is that cool with you, Paul? That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So the Ed the Beast is
0: standing kind of in this room. It sees all of these targets that have been hitting it. They are running. They are running for their lives. The Ed is the literal raw energy and anger and emotion of the Lord of nature. And recognizing that whatever these four individuals who are fleeing have done to nature, Moshe has bigger fish to fry, bigger things it needs to do. And even in the the uh, primal rage that is the Ebbies, it snakes its roots down into the floor. And as Pine and Nari, Sydney and Roos flee, jump into the lift, flip the switch and start going up, the Ebbies digs its roots into the ground and sucks itself down down deep into the bowels of the earth, and disappears from our sight.
3: Very flexible.
0: We're gonna cue <laughs> victory music. Nah, I don't think that, I don't think we deserve a victory music on this one. Wee, wee, wee. Uh actually I do have a question about when we got on the lift. Um, was Roos able to flip the lever correctly this time?
1: <laughs> no, he was He was still doing it wrong. Sydney had to come and do it when uh, she came. As the lift goes up
0: and you guys head back up to the Imperial facility, you can feel the shaking and the vibration and the anger of Lord Moshe start to fade. Um, it seems that, for now, the danger has passed. Pine holds this box, this consciousness of their beloved ebby their loved one their ally um, their partner through thick and thin and i imagine there is a very somber sad mood but what nari and the boys don't necessarily realize is that ebby was successful Far away from this facility outside of the city of (sighs) Calta, with a gasp, Callum jerks awake. A clouded dream of half-recalled memories bubbles up in his mind. Cobwebs seem to coat the inside of his skull. As his vision slowly returns, he reaches up to rub his eyes, but stops suddenly when he sees the unfamiliar shape of the hands before him. Gone is the white and brown plumage he inherited from his parents and in its place cold, shining copper, brass, bronze, and iron. He shakes his head and tries in vain to squeeze his eyes shut, for his eyes will not close. We should craft eyelids to cover the ocular apparati. The statement enters his head, quiet and soft, as if heard through a thick door, but he recognizes his own voice, a memory from a time before. Unbidden, a second voice can be heard deep in the recesses of Callum's memory. If only we had more time, Callum. The work we've done on these organic mechanicals has been truly miraculous, but like the wings, we just don't have time. Shaking his head, Callum at last surveys his surroundings. Cold and dark, save for a little light. Underground, he supposes, a basement or cellar, but not the Ark. This space is less sophisticated. Nearby, the sound of rousing Ormex catches Callum's attention. Rows and rows of slumbers are waking. Callum stands, testing his new body. Curious, he thinks as he rises, surveying his chest and legs. Steel plating had been welded to him almost like armor. Callum snorts, bemused. I'm an engineer, not a warrior. Why would I need armor? There is sobbing to his right. Looking about, he sees the Ormec closest to him on hands and knees, rocking back and forth. Sadness, thinks Callum, but no tears will come. Like the eyelids, there was no time for tear ducts. Further on to his left, and Ormek hunches over, retching as he attempts to vomit. No time for gastrointestinal systems either. Callum knew going into this that some would have an easier time than others acclimatizing to these new bodies. He's just happy to be one of the lucky ones that won't take hours or days to stabilize. Suddenly, and unbidden, a voice, booming, echoing, yet soft, and a whisper quiet at the same time, resonates through Callum's cranial vault.
2: Awake! Cast aside your fears, Arun Cheyanti. It is time for those that have slumbered to arise and for the keepers of Pavantus to take up their mantles and fulfill their duties and their oaths. Many of you have been used as...
0: For several minutes, all noise and motion ceases as each Ormec hears within their own selves the words of their liberator, their hero. As the collective mind quiets and the words fade, a sense of resolve and purpose nearly overwhelms Callum. Looking around the room, the weeping and retching have stopped, leaving all quiet throughout the vault, where he and his kind are being held. We have to get out of here, he calls to the quiet Ormex. Does anyone see an exit? Here, calls a voice, followed by a thud of wood and a rattling of metal. It's locked from the outside. We're trapped. The voice is panicked. Before Callum can respond, another voice pierces the anxious murmur from somewhere in the sunless vault. I'll get it open. A figure passes near Callum, approaching the panicked voice. The faint yet imposing outline, 10 feet tall or more, strides amongst the smaller Ormex in the dim light. A warden, one of the few allele Ormex created for protection. Behind and to the right of Callum, another warden moves through the gloom, both converging on the barred and locked exit. Stand aside. There is a ripple of movement as the assembled Ormex, 55 in total, back away from the door. The two wardens leveling their shoulder cannons at the door. In unison, they call out, cannon! Cannon. Two bursts of milky-white energy lance out and strike the door, tearing it from its hinges. Torches from the hallway beyond at last bathe the somber room in light. Stay close, Column calls. Follow the Wardens, but stay out of their way. We must head west to the Kilava and our people. We've slept too long, family. At this, the Wardens, followed by all 55 Ormex, lead the way up into Mason's Keep and out into the streets of Arkolvi. guys thank you for playing chapter six
1: has ended on a high note (laughs) (laughs) i no that's not high saying high in a higher pitch doesn't make it a high note not not (laughs) the kind of high note you're looking
0: for (laughs) all right well real quick before we close out this episode i just wanted to talk with our listeners about this um, for anyone out there saying, "Wow, Paul is such a jerk," what did he do to Abby?
3: Me, Sabrina, me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Jordan actually contacted me, and um, this is something that we talked about together. This was this was mostly Jordan's idea. Um, a grand and fitting moment in the campaign. Uh, for Ebby, and i I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic,
2: you know, when it comes to one of the best parts about Dungeons and Dragons and you know doing these things with friends is the element of storytelling. And as Ebby as a character began to kind of progress and as you know the storyline with him began to evolve, it just seemed to make sense that there would probably be some moment where he might need to sacrifice himself. And that was always kind of in the back of my mind that it seemed like that would be kind of his grand, you know, the culmination of everything that he had been kind of working towards. And so um, while it is painful because it's like, I mean, I've spent nearly two years as Evie as my character, right? Um, so it's a, it's tough to kind of see him go. Um, At the same time, it felt like that's that was the appropriate thing for his character and for the story. Um, But I will say this with that crystalline matrix, who knows what the future will hold even for even for Ebi. Not me. And I run this game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this it seems to me that it's serendipitous almost that long ago when Paul first started developing this Neum story and how, and I remember, I remember hearing snippets that were like something about, he was supposed to be the sacrifice months ago. And now Ebby has had the chance to do that without Jordan even realizing that that was something that Neum in Paul's story that he wrote about the past
1: was going to do as well. Yeah. So, I'm just curious if in any of those late nights, Ebbie um, watching Ruse sleep, if they ever talked about ideas on reincarnation, resurrection, that sort of thing.
2: Um, You know, I, I imagine probably some of that came up, especially as the reality of like the deities, the lords and the ladies became more real. You know, that probably brings into question a whole bunch of like theological questions, right? Where it's like, well, if it's real, then what is heaven and what is all of this and you know kind of more of those dogmatic questions probably surfaced so i would imagine they probably
1: yeah. had some discussions about it i just Roos wouldn't want to wouldn't want to revive ebby if he didn't want to be revived i guess is what i'm trying to say
2: i would say this amongst all of the conversations and times of casual chatting <laughs> You would know that Ebby has a tremendous reverence and appreciation for life of all varieties, and he sees it as a as a huge gift and a huge blessing,
1: okay.
3: I think Nari didn't not expect this I mean, I don't think she necessarily like figured it out like everyone else did
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um. But she did not expect this from Abby. Um I think she's more concerned about him and like where he's going to be because she she feels like we need we need him as part of her group. And I think she's more concerned about the future and more concerned about getting him back into his own body, his own existence.
0: We now have a very important piece of Ebby. And there are ways through D&D rules to get him a new body, even if we just had a fingernail or a hair from his old body. Yeah.
3: Okay, but he doesn't have fingernails and hairs.
0: Yeah, you guys have something more important than a fingernail. Yeah. Hey, I just want to say... Guys, this has been a lot of fun. Chapter six has been a long one. It's been a great one. I've just I've kind of lost track of time as we've been playing this chapter. Um, everybody, um, go ahead and level up to level ten.
3: Woo! And call break.
0: <laughs> to all of our listeners, don't forget our Discord. Don't forget our Patreon. You can join with us next time we get together when we do another random save game. And until we get together next time, we hope you have a great time.